Hello, and welcome to episode 130 of Relics of Ore. I am Grybok, your normal host these days, and joining me as usual is Kate. How's it going? Good morning. Uh, it is morning, and that is how it is going. Indeed it is. Um, for somebody who it's even earlier morning for, I'd like to welcome back to the show, Vrybin. How's it going? Going pretty good. All right, and uh, and once again, as usual, we also have Evie with us. It is not the morning, okay? It is the <laughs> afternoon. You people need to get on my level. I think you need to get on our level. West Coast, best coast. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we're going to cut straight into the show, because there is a metric buttload of stuff to talk about this week. So without further ado, we're going to move into Patch Adams. They're squirrels. They're one of the most amiable creatures on the planet. Oh, no, they're not. On the list of hostile predators, they're right above the bottom, just above baby chicks and slugs. What could they possibly want? You're nuts? So, um, who wants to start? Where do we start? I mean... Oh, I said this before the show. I might as well say it now. This is going to be a disorganized episode. We have a bunch of junk in the show notes, and there's been so much that's happened that we haven't even had a chance to write into the show notes. And there's so much and so many topics to talk about that I think we're going to go slightly freeform on this episode. So we might bounce around a little bit more than usual. So buckle your seatbelts. Yeah, yeah, strap in, put on your safety helmet, and then wrap it in tinfoil. Tinfoil safety helmet. Yeah. Tinfoil safety helmet. Yeah. All right, I, I, okay, I have a place to start. I felt that there were a lot of things in the show, or not in the show notes, <laughs> patch notes. Gilderstu doesn't do show notes. Uh, that kind of went unnoticed because of the larger things. So I wanted to point some of those out because there were actually some good changes that weren't necessarily announced. Also, my voice has stopped working, which is lovely. Uh, first off, dungeon runes are now account bound on acquire instead of soul bound, which is a lovely quality of life change. Not, like, worthy of a blog post, but still wonderful. Many Risen Priests can be forged for up to 3 to 15 Abbey Shards. It tends to be 3, but if you've got, you know, a couple stacks of them and you need some Abbey Shards... On a side option. note, Evie now has enough Abbey Shards for 4 Legendaries. That's impressive. Really Congratulations. <laughs> Uh, once again, your transmuted gear will use the skin name and not the item name, so you don't have your... Uh, flame Seeker prophecies on a Berserker's Iron Shield of Agony or whatever it is. Yay! I've had that sitting in my inventory for way too long. Uh, there was an update on the Mac client. I don't remember exactly what it said. Basically, it's not dead. I have a link for you in the show notes if you are very interested in what the Mac client has been doing. Uh, the combat log got some amazing updates. It's color-coded. There's skill links. There's like... All kinds of new stuff for that. And I think there was a blog post on that, but I haven't seen anyone talk about it since the patch went live. So it's there. Can it and be it's exported nice. yet? I don't it, think I so. I think it can be exported to the API. Are they talking about doing that, aren't they? Not to my knowledge, but I'm also not the kind of person who spends a lot of time in the combat log, so I couldn't tell you. Because I thought I'd heard that this means that we can start to develop um, like DPS meters and things like that. But maybe I just uh... didn't game. I know, I have to say, I feel the same way. <laughs> uh, on a uh, side note, those DPS meteors will never be able to interact with each other unless they're like, it'd be really, well, I guess they could, but it'd be outside of the game. Yeah. Uh, but grown indeed. Anyway, moving on, this is supposed to be our positive section. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That is uh, a positive thing. 
Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but the grounding isn't. Um, <laughs> uh, a few few small changes to world be well, small maybe changes to world v world. You can now continue gaining world ranks after reaching ten thousand. Um, I'm sure there's one player out there who has that many. So congratulations. So yay for you. You can keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can grind forever. Um, this is actually a pretty important one, though. You are no longer able to stay dead indefinitely. After you've been dead for five minutes, it forces you to go somewhere else, and you can't be revived. And that's kind of important, because people will stay dead in keeps to scout while they're dead. Um, that's just bad. Yeah, it's just... And there's no more lagging them to death with your corpses, which I don't think there was a thing in this game, but that's from, like, you know, way in the past, uh, MMO. Oh, yeah, previous. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Is that an actual tactic in PvP? I'm sorry to derail this on a day when we have so many things, but that blows what my was mind. It? I, th- I forget which game it was. It was Dark Age of Camelot. That was a thing, I believe. I mean, people used to do it in Diablo also, yeah. like in PvP, to try and lag that's the map kind out. kind of amazing. Yeah, that's playing the system, not playing the game. It's kind of amazing. It's kind of meta, not gonna lie. Um, world bosses can now be selected by clicking on their health bar in the event panel. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. That might not be big news, but it was news to me, and I was like, yes, I don't have to dig for your hitbox It's convenient. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. that is nice. The hitboxes on those things were really hard to deal with sometimes, especially with the camera issues that still sometimes pop up in the game. Um, and I skipped over one, and so I'm getting to it now. There's now also collection rewards and titles, which is actually kind of... A potentially okay, big thing to talk about? Those. Well, do you get any points for those? Because it seems like I'm picking up this junk, and it's like, oh, you've clicked up, picked up seven pieces of junk, but I'm not getting any points, and I don't care about th- titles unless I get achievement points. I think you get them when you actually complete the collection. Okay. Yeah. I thought uh, maybe... and, and speaking of completing collections, I am over halfway through with the Black Lion Chess Phoenix Weapon Connection. Golf clap. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> When I saw that, I almost died a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, was that... Oh, that's... Okay, see, I'm mixing it up because we talked about it a little bit last week because they had announced collection rewards and titles. Right. So we've already talked about it. All right, whatever. Not a big deal. Already talked about it. I'm it, awake. Moving uh, on. It, it's It's kind of a big deal because that was the, quote, veteran content for this patch. Yeah. And you can acquire a precursor through that system? In theory. Well, in actuality. Uh, I don't believe that is correct. I, I believe the any exotic is only the exotics that are in champ bags. It is select what? exotics. Oh my god. Uh. Yeah. Everybody on the subreddit was like, Oh my god, this means precursors because it says like any unique exotic or something like that and it does not mean that it means a subset of exotics none of which are precursors the precursor market would have literally exploded if you could get them from this like only you have to craft like all of the ascended is still cheaper than doing it like it would have tanked the price on precursors anyway point is there could be worse things oh i know i'm you're not i don't disagree with you but um yeah anyway you can't do that unfortunately and precursor crafting is once again that little thorn in their side that is never going to happen apparently and everybody's still bitter about it i shouldn't say it's never going to happen it just seems to be continuing to not happen 
when it's the end game, basically, for so many people to craft a legendary. And they tell you that, oh, we'll have it, and then they'll take it away. I can see why people are bitter. And I'm not interested in a legendary, but I totally understand. Yeah, especially considering, like, for a lot of people, getting a precursor is either getting lucky or, like, having absolutely no hope of ever acquiring one. Yeah, yeah. Or or playing the game in what most people would consider a very, like, unfun way, which is just grinding your butt off for, like, oh. two, three months or whatever. Yeah. And just, I mean, I've done it. Like, I've done it a couple times, and it's not fun, and I'm done. Like, I'm I'm over it, so. um, Gosh, were there any other, like, were there any other lesser things that weren't controversial but were relevant during this patch than anybody can think of documented changes the base stats were changed from oh wasn't that a bug yeah um as far as i know but it was nice when it happened because it made equations a whole lot easier and i wish it was a permanent thing can you go into that i'm actually blanking a little bit uh base stats were changed from 916 to 926 okay so everyone effectively had like 10 more points and stuff in everything yeah okay so that was nice. Why did it make math know. easier? Because 926 is easier to, like, divide stuff. It was, it, it's because I'm bad at math. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's a legitimate answer. I just, you know, there's now, been so much information this... that I've been so overloaded that I figured it was entirely possible that I completely spaced out on an entire big thing. So, you know, it's, there's, that's going to be a recurring theme of this episode. Yeah, there is a lot of information with this patch and a lot of things to talk about. But was that connected to the problem with scaling? Because I also was reading in the forums that there was a problem with scaling. There's that they intended to a fix. problem with scaling because th- of the, the way that stats are like acquired as you level. The like difficulty when you're, say, level 40 and you get scaled down to level 20 is highly disproportionate to someone that is actually at that level in that area. Yeah, because basically the thing is that with the new leveling experience, they, instead of giving you small incremental bonuses to, like, your stats every level, they give them to you in bulks every X number of levels, sort of similar to how they change traits from one point equals, you know, ten stat points, and, you know, you put a bunch of points in, and now it's you put one point in, and you get multiple of five. Um, So they sort of did the same thing with leveling up with stats, and so... I believe that is what's causing this problem is, like, if you, say, get your next big stat bulk at 41, but you're 40, and then it scales you down, like, it looks like you have awful stats for your level because, like, you just have a lot less than you used to until you hit that next level, and then it's, you know, right. I I wish instead of using, like, some complicated formula, it just reduced your stats to what it should be at that level. Like yeah. Just a set number and be like, oh, this is your stats now. But then it has to account for what armor you're using. Yeah, too, that's doesn't the it? biggest thing. Because if you're wearing exotics, yeah. If you're wearing exotics, then you're way overpowered, at least before change. No, you still are overpowered. Because, I mean, most people in exotics are level 80. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you still always have an advantage when being down leveled. At least you're supposed to. Um,. But, yeah, I mean, I think the reason that they don't is because, you know, even though everybody runs Zerker gear, in theory, you could run a hodgepodge of 12 different sets of armor stats, and they would want to sort of account for that, um, which is why they use a formula, I would I would assume. <sighs> so I think we can talk about leveling. This will be what we are. Yeah, I think <laughs> leveling is 
Yeah, I think it's the biggest, the most relevant thing this week. It like, cause didn't they talk about the leveling two weeks before the patch, and just we were sort of like, yeah, new leveling stuff, I guess, because we hadn't seen the numbers. Am I right. recalling correctly? Like, I had completely forgotten yeah, that I it was so. going in this patch by the time yep. the patch came out, and then everybody flipped their shit about it and i was like oh my god i totally forgot that was even gonna happen oh you're yeah i am kind of upset about this (laughs) um i don't know about you guys i don't know if you guys like even remembered that that was happening oh i did i didn't expect it to be a storm of crap (laughs) i didn't expect it to be quite so inconvenient yeah it's let's just say i'm glad most of my alts are already to 80 and i have basically every Profession already up there, Agreed. or nearly. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. The only tune I have sub thirty is a char engineer that I made after the trade changes because before, like the day that thing went live, because I was like, oh hey, maybe I want to see what some of these trade challenges are going to be, and I regret that so much right now. Now the trade changes, I don't mind. That's an earlier patch, so not to confuse with what happened this patch. But I don't mind that. I like being able to venture in the world, and I think that's good that uh, it gets you out there more. It gets you seeing more of the world and doing more, and you can even like, kind of role-play that in your head. But that's just my take. It's how I play the game. I like it when the game makes me go somewhere. I think it's a good concept the with new... a terrible execution. Like, yes. the fact that some of those traits are low-tier traits and require map completions of high-level zones is baffling and stupid. And it... If you don't do the world exploration, it puts an incredible strain on your skill points and and your gold if you're not an established player, but if you are an established player, it doesn't matter. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's, it's one of those things where I was fine with it-ish, like maybe once, but I don't... Combined with everything else that they decided to put in, it's just more inconvenience. Well, co- yeah, combined with the stuff that's gone into this patch, it's... It's just too much. I just don't... It's like it's like world completion was really fun once. And now it's just like part of the checklist you have to do in order to complete, complete your character. Well, sort of. I mean, I just don't world complete unless I need another legendary. And the trait system feels like pushing you towards world completing. And like after you've done it twice, I just... I just can't... It's just incredibly frustrating, and it just means that I'm going to have a huge skill and gold cost on alts if I were to level them to get them their traits, which I consider to be sort of a base functionality of the game. And if I don't... Like, if in order to do that, I'm going to basically have to champ farm to get skill points, because if I, if I want my... Yeah, I don't know. It's frustrating, and I guess that sort of segues into... Um, something that Colin said on the forums, and I'm sort of jumping the gun here because this is sort of in response to all the controversy, which we haven't even really talked about yet. But one of the things he said was that there are certain changes that have been introduced in these in this patch that were meant to only apply to your first character, and as in once a character has passed the levels at which these restrictions were put in all your future characters no longer have those restrictions. And I don't know exactly what those are going to be. My guess is going to be some of the things like um, how it hides some of your icons, like the trading post and the world v. world icons from lower level characters. And I feel like those are probably just going to come back. But 
I feel like things like the trait system could be okay for that kind of a system where it's like once you have a character to 80 like you don't need to do this if you don't want to i don't know well there's this thing where with the trait system all of the professions have the same challenges for particular like trait lines and the number the traits themselves aren't the same but like the first trait lines first trait is the same challenge on every class yeah so they could just make it where if you have that trait on one character, you have it on all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that... I don't know. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Yeah, and at the bottom of his message, he says, uh, I want to add that a few things are things that can be improved for players who make multiple alts. We're aware of this, and though company policy prevents us from discussing what's in development, I can say that we know Guild Wars 2 can be an even better game for people who love making alts in the long run. And then he finishes it off with more info when it's ready. And TM. TM. He actually put the TM in there, which is which is actually kind of funny. But the alt issue is one that has been a persistent issue for me in this game. And there have been almost no patches which have made playing alts alts better. And several patches which have made playing alts extremely like a lot more tedious. And it's to the point where I'm just I'm just done with it. Like every everybody, most people that I know that roll a lot of alts are are just like fed up with all of the different changes that have happened between ascended gear and the trait system revamp and now the level gating and I mean just just all of those things. It's just like, well, eh, I got all my eighties now, so yeah. I I have a couple things I want to say. Well, first of all, uh, for the veteran players who have rolled a lot of alts, you know, myself included, at got 14 character slots now it i'm just done doing it it doesn't matter you know what they do to change the new player experience i'm just kind of done because i've done it 13 times and it's kind of at this point having played two years having played the game extensively and like nothing new coming into the game it is perfectly natural to like want to move on from the game like that is a healthy thing uh so the fact that I don't want to roll an alt with these changes isn't necessarily, like, a horrible thing to me. It just makes sense to me. But also, uh, I wanted to say in regard to Colin's post, there is not only, like, a lot of controversy about the actual changes, but there's also a lot of misinformation being spread about the changes, so just keep an eye out for that. People have been telling lies about which things are gated where, yeah. and that was only adding to the confusion and rage. And I think a bigger telltale sign of that is the fact that people believe them. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's like a separate but also incredibly important issue, is that if people make up shit and other people look at it and don't immediately call it out as BS, like, that's that's telling you something about how people are feeling about the kinds of changes that are being made. Is like, if they'll believe right. anything that other people make up, like, you're, it's not, you're not in a good way. Well... An interesting example is the uh, stop feeding cows. You can't feed cows in at least Queensdale anymore. And I saw several times people were like, oh, this, this is satire. This can't be real. But it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those poor cows are going to starve to death now. But they're going to be really entertained while they die. Well, so you know what I did? I grabbed my char and I went in front of this cow as this large char with, you know, teeth and <laughs> horns and claws. And I danced in front of it. I'm like, wow, this cow is entertained, not terrified. What is going 
<laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, I mean, I assume anybody that's listening is probably pretty aware of what's going on in the show notes or what's going on in the patch notes. But in case anybody's not aware, they remove pretty much all instances of interactable bundles in which you pick something up and it changes your first five skills until you put it down. Because water bucket was okay. uh, yeah, the human hidden elite skill. Uh, <laughs> was the water bucket was was so overpowered um and replace them with a bunch of just like interact you just press f so now you go up to the cows and instead of getting hay and feeding them you go up and press f and then your character does a little dance and instead of getting water buckets and throwing them onto the burning hay bales you just sort of shake at them <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me they say this is you know to make it easier for new players and more fun i had a long discussion with Sean, the previous host about this, and we're thinking, you know, this is dumb, but then we gotta look at it from our perspective, you know, we're veteran gamers and stuff, so we're like, oh, this is, you know, maybe it is easier, so we started to talk to someone. I introduced this game to someone about a year ago who had very little experience with gaming, and she had also said, yeah, this is dumb. Um, It wasn't hard, it wasn't, it, it, I couldn't, it wasn't that I couldn't figure it out, it was easy and it was fun, and I didn't get freaked out when my, when my skill bar changed. Yeah. I picked a bucket, it makes sense. It wasn't too hard. So I don't know why they changed. I don't, I can't, It from any way I look at it, it seems like, okay, why can't we just feed the cows? Why can't we have bundles? From what I gather, they've taken the, like, statistics and whatever of all these focus group studies or whatever, and they've blown it out of proportion as to what affected it. You know, and while there is a lot to be said for, like, the legitimacy and how much those things actually help like game developers and whatnot, there is such a thing as relying on them too much. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to be difficult, ultimately, because we are never going to be allowed to see those metrics. Um, but a, a different a different perspective is that there are a large number of people who play these games, and Guild Wars 2 has always sort of been marketed as the casual MMO, and... I've seen a lot of accounts of people for whom Guild Wars 2 is their first or only MMO, and they don't play other MMOs, and it's very it's very casual-oriented, and, and I don't say that as a bad thing, necessarily. Really at all, actually. I actually like that it's casual-oriented. But, as a consequence of that, you do have to assume that there are probably a lot of players who do not, who aren't savvy like we are and you know in your example of introducing a friend like they they i believe you said they were experienced as a gamer no not, not experienced as a gamer, gamer at all oh all right well <laughs> then i guess i just can't listen but um i was listening to guild wars reporter and um they were talking about how they had a friend that quit the game you know not too long after launch because they just didn't like it and they had that person log on to test these changes and see how they felt about new characters and the person's reaction was actually uh what changed i don't notice any difference like and oh that makes me sad i was hoping that person would actually you know be like hey this is a good well, game but, now. That, but that's the thing is like if they don't even notice that it changed yeah then that person clearly wasn't paying attention to what was happening in the first place and if you're not paying attention to how things are happening i can understand how guild wars could be confusing like oh my god where'd my skills go or what you know what are all these things that i'm getting thrown at and you know if you're not 
if you're not invested in it in the way that all of us as hosts are, as longtime community players, as longtime hosts, as people who followed the game before the game came out, I, it's almost impossible to really put yourself in the shoes of somebody who just picked it up on a whim and was just like, hey, I hear Guild Wars 2 is cool. Um, right. We all sort of have a friend who, you know, is a newer player or hasn't played games mm-hmm. before, and your mileage will vary for every person. It's going to be different, so it's hard to, like, I've, you know, from all of our personal experiences, given impact. I've had someone, like, log on, create a character, and decide that the game was boring before they hit level two. So, it it's it varies so greatly. Yeah, and and Colin has also said that I don't remember if it was in the in that forum post or elsewhere, but you know, he said to be perfectly honest, the people that are I think it was on Reddit, he said the people that come to places like this subreddit are a minuscule percentage of the player base and that there are a lot of people for whom these changes make a lot more sense and by our very nature and by their nature as developers and ga- and gamers themselves these changes seem way too dumb or way too handholdy, but that, you know, at least as far as they can tell, there are a lot of people for whom they are not. And it's, you know, it's hard because the internet creates sort of an echo chamber where you go to talk to like-minded people, but the fact that they're like-minded and even know where something like the subreddit is or what it is or what we're talking about or are listening to a show like this in which we assume that you've already read all the patch notes makes it really hard to get a full perspective on things. Yeah, I still don't understand the changes the internet makes. And it just seems like another thing you can put on the long list of, okay, they did this and they're not going to tell us why they did this. We just have to trust them. I, and it's really burning people out. I, I understand why they made the changes. I just, I don't like how they implemented some of them. And granted, apparently a lot of that is just bugs, but still, like, you have a QA well, department like that is actually pretty damn good. Listen to them. It's like someone said on the forums, can you tell us what is intended to be there and what is bugs? But, yeah, they don't seem to be listening. And I think that sort of brings us to a central point, is that, you know, to sort of wrap in what I was just talking about, about perspective, um, it's perfectly valid to have two perspectives on this. Both the perspective of the new player, which we really have a hard time getting into the mindset of, and not only a new player, but an uninformed and inexperienced player, because none of us were any of those things. Um, but equally so, well, maybe not equally, but relevantly so, veteran players are important as well. And it's the impact on the veteran players' experience of the game is what most people are talking about. Because as Colin said, you know, we are that 1% or that 5% or whatever percent we are that goes on Reddit and reads all these things. And, you know, it. I mean, like Spirit and I said earlier, A, we're already kind of over making alts, but with all these changes, like, I'm just not, I'm just, I'm just not going to anymore because as a veteran player, like, these are painful as they currently exist. Mm-hmm. That's sort of, I, I don't know, like I said, you know, naturally just having played a lot of the game and then moving on is healthy, but uh, unhealthy for the game is having veteran players just not want to roll alts because it's tedious. Yeah, I, I mean, that's potential loss of character slot sales. Among other things. Character slots, bag things. slots, uh, costumes. I mean, cause, because of the way that they've done their costume system and their cosmetic, um, you know, the transmutation stones for some of the gem store armors, a lot of people aren't going to have more than one set per character because it's inconvenient to mm-hmm. switch between them. And 
that's that's the way I am too. I see new gem store stuff and I'm like, oh, that's pretty neat. If only I had a character to change for it. But I like all my characters and previously I might have said, oh, maybe I'll roll an alt. I could totally see a thief in that assassin armor that we got or whatever. Um, but if that motivation to roll a new character is gone, then the motivation to buy those things is also gone. Just as a personal example, I got the ancestral outfit for HR that is currently sitting at level 20 and I'm probably not going to play again. At least not with all these changes the way they are. Yeah. Well, and speaking of uh speaking of level 20 specifically, uh I see a lot of people that just say, "Well, why don't you just skip it with a level 20 scroll?" <laughs> and I mean, obviously that's what pretty much all veteran players are going to do anyway, but I feel like that's a bad sign when skipping to 20 isn't just sort of a convenience factor because you don't need to go through 1 to 20, but it's because you're doing it because one to t- like because you don't want to deal with things. I guess those are kind of mm-hmm. And even then they're still level gating after that. Yeah, right. I just I was going to point out even that uh if you use your experience goal and skip to 20, you will still not have all of your utilities. You'll only have one utility. Uh, you will not have all of your underwater skills. Currently, you only yeah. have one utility skill until level 24. That's kind of awful. And you don't get your it's, elite yeah. until 40? What? I just... Uh... So this means that if you're an elementalist and you had your heart set on playing Earth Attunement, you have to wait until, what is it, level 34? Is that one Earth Attunement gets? Is it Oh that my high? god, I don't know about that. See, and this is those one of those things where somebody... I know for a fact that uh, profession skills are gated and that some professions suffer from this far more than others, like the Elementalist. Um, engineer suffers from utility skill gating, Elementalist suffers from um, profession skill gating. The Ranger oh. suffers from control of the pet. And yeah, the Ranger the suffers from anyway. really bad. And I don't know, uh, we, should, we should look it up and see if it really is, what, 34 that you said? But even if it isn't... That's something I thought I saw on the forums. And then, you know, an official on the forums comes and says, well, you know, there's bugs. It's intended to work differently. So tell us when it's intended to work, where we're intended to get it. But they don't right. seem to be telling us that. And it's like, why not? I, I think a it. huge portion of the, the shitstorm that's cropped up around this is there's actual bad, bad things, bugs, and then misinformation on top of that. And you, like we said, you can't sort which is which. And it's just. Looks like somebody was saying pet swapping at 24. So 24, maybe? I don't even know, but 24 is... ridiculously high for that. Yeah, and it's... It's frustrating. And he had he acknowledged, he being Colin, acknowledged that the idea was to gain the skills at about the same... After about the same period of physical time, so the levels are pushed up a bit, as it would cause before, because... Or as, as you would have attained them before, because... Um, they've greatly accelerated the 1 to 15 leveling time. I think I saw people saying they got to level 8 in an hour. Um, I'm not sure about that. So, to some extent, these changes read a lot worse than they probably are because of the fact that the 1 to 15 is so much faster than it was previously. But, at the same time, that's, yeah, that's that's still so far. Oh, and, and, sorry, to finish that thought... That was the intent, and they recognize that some of these are farther out than they desire. And so hopefully some of these will be getting pushed down back to lower levels. So it looks like there's reports on the forums that Earth is locked at level beyond level 20. 
Yeah. Well, Earth is F4, right? So it's probably 24. Like yeah. The pets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it should be F4. the same. So it's probably locked till 24. But that just seems ridiculous. Same thing with pet swapping. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like, I don't understand because you'd think that it'd be better to have all of your things, all of your abilities for you to use so that we can get used to them and as you level. Not, oh, this is another new thing that I have to learn just when I thought yeah, I learned well, the class, right? Well, That's my yeah, it's, I understand the idea of information overload, and I will admit that I think there were a lot of uninformed and or inexperienced players that did get a giant information overload. Um, I, I, I mean, anecdotally, I have a friend that started the game just about a month ago, and he's level 40, and he's just, I was talking to him about it, and he goes, yeah, I guess there's like traits or something that I should maybe look at. Uh, you know, and the way the game released, it did really dump a lot of info on people very quickly. So I understand at least the motivation for some of these things, but your profession skills, especially in the case of elementalist and your utility skills in the case of engineer are your weapons in a lot of cases. And so it would be like saying, well, warriors can't use great swords or rifles or longbows until level 24 because those are kind of advanced air quotes obviously is yeah that's what it feels like i don't know like is they're saying you can't use core skills from your profession until level 24 just because it just feels incredibly arbitrary yes it does but i don't know if i remember right see i got my first 80 at the first Mm -hmm. halloween the first halloween the game was out and i'm pretty sure that i didn't mess with traits till i was level 60 and I knew they were there, and I knew I was missing out on stats and such and advantages, but I just didn't want to mess with it because, like I said, maybe information overload. But I still felt like I could do things. But, you know, they were there, and I could get that stat bonus when I wanted to think about it. And I'd rather have it that way where I know it's there and I can play with it if I want at my own pace than it being gated for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anybody else Anybody else have anything specifically that they're ready to, like, or thinking about talking about I I'm talking pretty much this entire episode and I feel bad. Uh, no, it's fine. There's a lot to say. Uh one thing I wanted to mention is the Oh my of god. The story. Get into that. Mm. I'm not I'm not 100% sure on the details. So you guys will have to fill me in cuz I've only ever done the personal story once. I found it incredibly tedious. I've done parts of it on other characters but never finished it again. No, that's not true. I finished it on the European account, but that's a different story. Uh, So my understanding of what they did is they rearranged parts of chapter 7 and 8, which have been newly grouped together. That would be your arc of the push to cleanse Or with Traherne, and then 8 would be actually killing Zaitan. Uh, so my understanding is that parts of that were rearranged, but there's no actual change to the story. So it, there's kind of this disjointed uh, bits to it where you end up going because there was a very, previously a very logical flow to how you traveled through or right like you the events took you all through the zones and then you would stop and do a personal story and it was the story of the invasion of Or and it was it felt very much like a military invasion. Yes. And now you're it's just kind worse. of it's hopping worse, all guys. around the world. They actually cut part of it the is? living story completely. Uh the what the part, the part where you say what is your greatest fear and then have like uh yeah, like you're like whether you are afraid of disappointing somebody or losing somebody or whatever or failing or I don't remember. And then 
they were like customized and and like in every one of them you you know basically were forced to fail and like some random npc that you just met dies and you're supposed to feel bad um (laughs) i did actually feel bad for a couple of that lady that ended up becoming a zombie that like apatia i just did that story oh no that was like my favorite (laughs) one so um yeah, so not only did they rearrange chapters in a way that doesn't really make sense because it's like you fight. Yeah, the, the issue is that you fight now one of the Eyes of Zaitan and then you do the storyline that's like, hey, what is this Eye of Zaitan thing? Oh, I hope it's the only one <laughs> when you already fought one because they rearranged things. But they also just entirely cut a chapter just because. Like, now, is that so a that's... bug or they just took it out? <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. I don't even which know is, what which to Which is say. kind of funny because is that early on without, or well, let me rephrase that. With the exception of the gap in like, there's no personal story until level 10, but I understand why they did that. The flow early on is much better. Yeah. the I think most people say the first- Until you get past like I, was gonna say, I, I feel like most people think the first 30 levels of personal story were really good. Mm-hmm. And- is that right when you join one of the orders, or is that right after you? Like, is that at the end of the order joining? You join at twenty-four, and then you have one more mission, which is like your special quest with them, and then you like fully transition okay. into doing work for them. Which is about where I stopped on most of my first story. I've completed it once with my main, and then I've made initiation in all but one of the orders. So yeah, I'm pretty sure I have most of my alts parked at Core Island. But that's neither here nor there. I have a question. Like, does so then is it just completely gone? Like, there's a whole chapter that's completely gone, and there's just like ten levels well, with think, nothing in them. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they also do this um, level gating story chunking like grouping thing? Yeah, all the way through, not just the first ten levels. It's like in segments mm-hmm. so it's like at level 10 you do chapter one and two right and at level 20 you do chapter two and three or or whatever um so i would assume that for that level range no i don't know i have no idea <laughs> and i i have a feeling the reason they did that was because there's it's very obvious like if you play the personal story just straight through there are a lot more missions on the like back end of it than the front end and in order to like keep the flow going or whatever and in the form of like playing it in chunks as you level they felt they had to like get rid of some of it (laughs) i i guess i don't i just can't why would you remove it was already sort of disjointed and not Mm -hmm. flowy and by removing like if you just took out a chapter of a book that was written from different perspectives and like that chapter concerned major world events and you just flip to the next chapter and you're like, like yeah (laughs) just rip a chapter out of game of thrones and read it and that's the new personal story it would be like if you're reading game of thrones like the first book or whatever and like except someone took out one of the characters i'm not gonna lie i I skipped a couple sansa chapters <laughs> Thank you. I tell people that Sansa's chapters are awful and no one believes me, but I got so angry that I had to put down the book every time I got to one. I was like, just I, no. I like Sansa. She has grown through later seasons, but in the first book, oh my but, yeah, god. 
Yeah, in the first yeah, book, she's she gotten better. Cool. She got better. Um, <laughs> but back to Gildors too. I feel like Spirit, your your reaction to this is pretty much mirroring most of the communities. Like, wait, why? When? How? Why would? But uh... <laughs> I really hope that like the mixing the up more of the I chapters think is it... just like a bug. Like someone put in the wrong values and like, oops, it's in the wrong order. But yeah, like I... taking something out—that's that's not a bug. No, it could be a bug because if they're organizing it into chapters instead of doing it at specific level ranges, like it's very possible that they could have just oversighted it. That's it's a, a pretty really big oversight. Big and like, <laughs> but I mean, stranger things have happened. I don't know. It's just like the the more I think about it, the more it blows my mind because there's actually there's ascended pieces named after characters that now no longer exist. And like, what is going on? Yeah, I just don't know what to say. I haven't, oh it doesn't make God, any sense. Show. This is like this episode. I'm sorry, anybody that's listening. This is the most scatter brain episode all. we've ever had. Like, we're just in such a state of shock and bafflement, the bewilderment. I I wouldn't say the most. That probably goes to the first Winter's Day episode. I wasn't there for that because that that was all over the place. That, that was, was the episode we didn't I think have a show. Was coherent. Oh my god! I th- if I remember, I saw that show, and I think that was more coherent than this. <sighs> okay, What's well, that? we set a new record. just for co- incoherency. Oh, oh, I love this yeah. one. Diving goggles are level gated because <laughs> they're interactable bundles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you must be this tall. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> so there are Azurans out there that are not smart enough to use diving, go- diving goggles until they reach a certain level. Oh my god. They have to graduate from college first, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Very advanced technology in order to use gravity. Can you hear that? Okay. It, it, it takes a particular change of balance to be able to put on goggles and jump off so the imba. board. So yep. and And speaking... Of changing balance and, and balance imba changes. skills. Mm-hmm. Um, why doesn't someone talk about the fixes? Air quotes for the Phantasma Warden. Okay, so this this came continue. up. Yeah, this came up the first time I was aware of this was the episode that Ryan was talking to himself, which was hilarious. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. Where they started making you know projectiles non-blockable by things that used to block them. And there were a few things, you know, for example, the Phantasmal Warden, that could still block certain projectiles that were you'd find in dungeons. And is this in the open world as well? I'm not sure. But now they have fixed a bug that has caused the Phantasm to reflect unblockable missiles. And it just, I, I, I don't understand it. I'm like many things, like we've not understood, you know, not feeding cows. If you put a mechanic in the game to be used, and it's a fun, interesting mechanic, why take it out? And all of a sudden, you have this boss that can kill you, and it becomes an HP race. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know I, I don't what that it. would feel like with stuns and dazes and knockdowns and knockbacks and <laughs> all of my cool CC skills that bosses are frequently immune to. Like, that's the other side of the coin, is which is to say that I would rather that we had a system yeah. more like Guild Wars 1, where the bosses were genuinely engaging and extremely difficult and required good timing of things like your CC to prevent them from face-rolling you. Um, but we don't have that, and CC is... 
So really, it comes down to having a better CC because I completely agree with you. A system more like Guild Wars One yeah. is exactly what I would like. Yeah, I mean well. that's the thing with Reflex. Reflex are effectively one of the best forms of CC in PVE um, because they're not subject to all of these things that other forms of CC and support are. And so it's like, well, it's basically like a super Aegis if you can put a Reflect in front of the boss, because not only are you immune to damage, but the boss also takes the damage. And it's also like a CC, because the boss can't do anything, because he's hitting himself. And also, nothing that like nothing that makes them immune to CC affects Reflects. And effectively, only two classes have Reflects in a meaningful fashion. And... So it's really frustrating as a as a control type class. And as far as just existing in general, only three of them have it. Well, no. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a, there's at least like four classes that have some access to it, but it's usually like a one second reflect or something like that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where with the game mechanics as they currently stand, reflects are kind of overpowered, and that's why you always see in fractals like it. Aside from the fact that Guardians and Mesmers are already insanely good, the fact that they can put up Reflex on some of those things is just so vitally important, and they're the only classes that can do it, and there is no similar class requirement for any other class in the game. Um, Which has been a problem since the game launched, I think, where, oh, this is supposed to be, you know, have an open source, play what you want to play, but then all of a sudden you've got a class with Reflex, and so group is going to take someone the mesmer yeah, that's over the and that, yeah that's exactly the heart of the issue is that and it is exactly the issue so but why make it worse is what i'm saying they should balance it make it so those other cc is relevant but because we've, how long has a it much been more complicated we've seen a meaningful change dungeons to get that cc yeah. to work and not be completely yeah not just perma stun bosses forever yeah exactly then it would be to just okay for now this boss is going to hit you these projectiles <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. I mean that that is the thing is it is much easier to make something unblockable than it is to like redesign the entire skill paradigm. But Evie brought up a good point in our show notes about PvP with regard to this. Mm. You want to talk about that a little mm. bit? It, the thing with projectile blocking is it adds a very strong dynamic to PvP in the sense that like this you you see the ranger just hit. Rampage is one, he's using a longbow, his pet just swapped, like, is running at you. If, as long as you're, like, paying attention, I guess, you're gonna know that that ranger is about to completely unload on you. And if you can manage to time your feedback where his rapid fire is gonna bounce back into his face, that's gonna, like, it's gonna drastically change everything into your favor. Yeah, and and, and in PvP... All the other existing CC in the game is working as intended, and that's why that's not overpowered in PvP. Exactly, is because all your stuns and your knockdowns, you're not, you know, it's like similarly when I'm on a necromancer and I see that same thing, I go, okay, I'm gonna time this fear so that I interrupt his skill and start CCing him, and you know, you know, yeah. So the so reflex are great in PvP, but hell, even on my thief, if I see. Well, depends if I'm running it or not. If I see a ranger setting up like that, I'm going to drop a smoke screen or start using Dagger Storm if it's a team fight or something yeah. like that. Yeah, because in PvP, CC and positioning matter, and neither of those things matter in PvE. Exactly. Well, it kind of matters in PvP. <laughs> yes, you get a stack. Well, but... <laughs> actually, I mean, you also, to your credit, brought up that, uh, to ArenaNet's credit, they're doing a lot better designing new encounters. You know, a lot of the exactly. new storyline, a lot of the new 
you know, dungeon or sort of pseudo dungeons that we've gotten through Living Story have actually had much more solid mechanics. And they have even in those cases toyed with some of them not having Defiant and Unshakable, where you you could CC them and you should have, you know. Um Prime example, like Scarlet when she kidnapped Farron, you could CC her and she was still a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean I guess that gives us hope. If they are working on an expansion with the little, you know, hand wavy because we have no idea, but everybody's secretly hoping, or maybe even not secretly at this point, that they've been working on one for this whole time. Maybe that gives us some hope that we're going to get a huge content dump of stuff that is much better designed. Um, And if that's the case, it sort of also makes it a little bit more understandable why they haven't gone back and rebalanced all these things. So there's the optimist look at it. On on a completely different note, and speaking of better design, the it, it is a glorious day because a piece or set of leather armor has been added to the game that is not a trench coat or a butt cape or or a butt cape even. And while the armor design in general leaves something to be desired, it's still not a butt cape. And Which one is so this glorious. one? Oh, okay. I didn't follow that at all. Which is the only reason I've been logging in this past, like, week is to PvP. I forgot about that. I need to do that because it's shiny. I haven't even looked at it. I'm completely uninformed on this one. Yeah, I didn't know about it either. Well, it kind of makes sense because I'm more of a PvPer than you guys are. The... Oh, God. So is this a... The PvP armor, is that the first armor set that's been introduced to the game without a gem Bol- Like a full set? Launch? E- other, th- other than yeah, Ascended? That's true. Yes. Ascended and, um, you know, we've gotten, like, specific, you know, like, yeah, like a... Pieces, but as far as a full set, it's only Ascended and then this. Okay, so I wasn't completely wrong, but I still... Yeah, Ascended was a new armor set, so that's really great. That they gave us a new in-game armor set, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um... Yeah. I think we might just go back and play the world. <laughs> but then you'll try and jump over. and dodge, and then you'll be like, why can't I move while casting spells? Um, <laughs> it is it is kind of hard to go back yeah, sometimes. But you can play That's with just true. using your mouse. So it's... That's right. Yeah. And you can eat Cheetos true. and play. Among other things. <laughs> uh... Has anybody has anybody messed with the new crafting like, UI? Anyway. Oh, that's something I do like about the patch. There's something I can say I like about the patch. The crafting UI, it's it's convenient. Um so there's the new back pieces that they added, which I like a lot because it feels like I can round out my characters a little bit. Most of my characters that are level 80, even my main, don't have an exotic back piece. Back pieces have seen be this unattainable, unobtainable thing that I have never, you know, put any time into. But now I can I feel like I can round them out because there they are. I can pick the stats and so on. Don't if if you're just new to crafting anything, don't try to craft the cook cooking piece <laughs> because it ended poorly for me. Did it require a bunch of potatoes? It required all these things that I thought I had and I didn't. And so I've got all this junk in my inventory. I'm like, I want to finish this back piece, but now I'm gonna have to go out in the world and gather or find another trading post or something. So unless you know you're a master chef and you know what you're doing and you know you have the stuff and you want a back piece, just craft, you know, the artificer <laughs> one or something to start with. Speaking of buying That's stuff on the trading post, has anybody messed around with the new trading post UI? I logged in the first day 
to like see the trading post because I was actually mm-hmm. really excited for it because filters, filters. Filter oh my god, filters! And I had like fixed my, I did my usual patch stuff like seeing new things, blah blah blah. Then I go to the trading post and I immediately like started looking for different things. And at one point I was just like. I wonder how back pieces are, and my first thought was the Duena back piece. Oh, I and know I, what like, happened. Put in Duena to like look up the recipe or whatever, so I could see it. And my game crashed, and I was just like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, there were crash bugs that if you search certain terms, Duena included, uh, it would just straight up crash your game, which have now been fixed. But I thought it was pretty funny because it was pretty common stuff like Duena, Moa, Wait, Moa. Like, all kinds of things that, yeah, apparently Moa was crashing it too. So I didn't experience that, but I I was looking forward to the, the UI change, and it just seems like things are rearranged, and it doesn't seem that much more efficient, and I was hoping that things would get faster, but for me, it didn't get any faster. It's still slow coming up or doing searches, and it doesn't even seem like an internet issue. It seems like the back end or something just didn't speed up. I think some of that, especially for us who looked at it the first day, it was really inundated with, like, a crazy amount of people. I think if you used it now, uh, it might be a little bit different for you. But... I used it yesterday, and I still felt the same oh, way. Really? But I don't. It just seems still seems just as slow. And I was really looking forward to that speed increase that they told us we might get. See, my the speed increase for me was definitely there, but for me, like pulling up the just that UI in general, the gym store, or whatever, it would have to be sitting like as an open window for a good like minute or two before I'd see it. Wow, that's really bad. Now it's like 20 seconds. <laughs> I had a thing. Oh, there are two, uh, I, sorry, my, like, like this episode, my brain is all over the place today. I'm still really upset about the chapter getting removed for personal story. Um, one thing I did really like that I haven't had a chance to use yet, but I think I will like in the future is when I'm looking at buying an item, like, I, uh, bought the hunter off the trading post, and then I sold Dawn, and then I bought Dusk, and all of those, I, like, was constantly on uh, GW2 Spidey looking at stuff. Uh, and some of that functionality has sort of made it in game where like I can look at my recent things and kind of track them that way instead of constantly having to go out of the game to like watch what's going on. I mean, there's don't get me wrong, there's still absolutely incredible beneficial information for going out of the game and going to GW2 Spidey or any of the, like, the outside trading post websites, but it has become more convenient for me in that fashion. Uh, yeah, I think there's good changes. I'm just not used to them yet because I haven't been in game. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't played much at all since patch day because there was really nothing for me to do per se. Like, there's a lot of stuff that makes the game better for if you are playing it, but there is nothing in this patch that made it worth opening up the game and going, ah, yes, I would like to play this again just so I can wear my purple Dorito. Um, oh yeah, right, that's the uh, commander thing. Um, hooray, Good. everybody's got their commander pins now. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, people do seem to be liking that, by the way, which is great. Did, I'm really happy that yeah. they didn't put off. that in. Yeah. yeah, like last I heard, you once you have your commander tag up, you like can't turn it off. Uh, oh my god, I didn't hear that, that's funny. No, I you can definitely off. turn it off. I was able to from day one, I don't know probably... if that was... Um... Is anybody here really a world no. world person? Not outside of tournaments. Not really. Oh, speaking of which, the tournament really. started uh, yesterday. Oh, did I was going to ask about that. I knew that it started soon. Um, 
Yeah, apparently they removed the commander buff, which my question is, uh, other podcasts seem to not really know what the point of it was. My understanding was that that was how you could identify enemy commanders, was by highlighting them and looking at their buffs, and you could see their commander buff. Right, but that was phased out a while back. They removed it so it was invisible to enemy players. So then the point of it was kind of useless, I guess. Okay, yeah, I missed that change, I, so I didn't know. I was like, well, maybe that's making it so that enemies can't spot your commander. But if they already yeah. did that, then... No, it's just a point of they have a way of tracking, like, you are a commander without having to put a buff on you. Right. Um. Also, the I'm a little bit confused about this, because originally the commander tag actually showing up over your own player's head was a bug. Um, and the buff was your way of seeing, oh, I have my commander tag on. Uh, but it seems that either they've solidified it into not a bug, or it's just become an acceptable bug that they feel comfortable removing the buff because you can see the own tag over your head. It's not a bug. It's a feature. Yeah, well, Slash Plane was a feature, too, but you know. I feel like we found our show title. It's not a bug. It's a feature patch. (laughs) Um... And speaking of not really having anything for existing players or longtime players, we are not getting more living story until I believe mm-hmm. November fourth. Yep. yep. So... We get to look forward to Halloween until then. Pretty much. Yeah, we basically Halloween have a month great, and a half. No more story. But I would like other things to do. I'll be back for Halloween, definitely. Oh, absolutely. But in the meantime, I mean, I'll definitely I'm like, log yeah, in. Terra's pretty cool. <laughs> like, this is this is gonna uh, be the Trader Arcade segment for a little bit because we're all basically playing another game and we're all playing a different one while we're yeah, waiting. Sure. Why don't you talk about Terra a little bit? Let's keep it brief though because we're past an okay, hour mark already. Uh, so Terra has actually made me appreciate Guild Wars Two a little bit more, which is nice. Like it's nice to get out of the game and play a different MMO that makes me remember why I fell in love with Guild Wars Two in the first place like loot sharing like i don't have to in terra i have to see someone tag a boss and then i'm like okay now i have to wait for it to respawn because i don't want to be impolite and or i feel horrible if i like accidentally ninja something from another person uh on the flip side i would really like to see guild wars 2 learn from a lot of things that terra has done like there's a this really good uh quick chat system where you can have four um different lines of chat that you can ping while you're in combat you just you hold down e and then you move your mouse in a direction to select one of them and then let go and then it says something so like if you're fighting you're like just a minute or whatever uh i found that incredibly handy they have a targeting system that works the same way you can have three different colored targets i like that and the combat is as fantastic as i've heard about like i've heard a lot of things about Terra. the combat is as fantastic as i've heard uh, the grind is not as bad as I've heard. 1 to 20 is roughly, I would say, about as fast as 1 to 20 in Guild Wars 2. I think they've changed the end... that, though. I, I yeah, think it used to be a lot worse. In recent time, yeah, since the game has gone free-to-play. By the way, it's free-to-play. You get two character slots per server, and then if you buy the box for $17, you get eight character slots, four bank slots, uh, the fastest mounts, and like it's a really good deal if you buy the box. Um I had another thing. Oh, the gender inequality in armor is as bad as I've heard. It's god awful. <laughs> it's still god awful. Well, no, then the gender inequality, then the gender equality is fine, but the uh, nakedness is off the charts. Prominent. They're the naked. Yeah, race. they are. It's because they're it's, so hot. Yeah, but I've been having a lot of fun playing it. 
All right. Well, I've been playing Destiny, which is an MMO, but not an MMO. It's been really interesting, actually, since I even wrote in the show notes about it. Everybody seems to be... Everybody's reviews seem to be acknowledging that everybody calls it an MMO, but then they make opposite conclusions about why it is or isn't an MMO, and it's because they're talking about different systems. So, like, I think The Escapist said, you know, oh, it's not an MMO, it's a co-op uh, first-person shooter with an MMO, or with, with a multiplayer, you know, ad hoc environment. But really, it's an MMO, because it's clearly structured like MMOs are, with, like, leveling and loot grinding and mob spawning in, like, set locations and respawning. So those mechanics are very MMO-like. So it basically is an MMO that happens to have shooting and blah blah blah. And then other places are like, well, it's clearly not an MMO, because you never really interact with that many people, and you don't have all this, like, player interaction that you do in MMOs, and, you know, it's... It's a first-person shooter, which has dynamic co-op, and that is what it is. And it also has some loot stuff, but lots of RPGs have that. So it's not an MMO. So even even the reviewers are acknowledging that nobody can agree on whether it's an MMO. <laughs> and then they come to opposite conclusions based on what they consider the core MMO qualities to be. Um, and I think that's really interesting, because they, I've been seeing it with a lot of other games that Newer games are starting to learn lessons or incorporate things from multiple genres of games and sort of trying to hybridize them into their own things. And it's really exposing how our language about games has really solidified into, like, if you have level and loot grinding, like, that makes you an RPG. Like, that that very fact alone like whether or not you're doing anything related to role playing or anything like that it's like RPG equals these things and MMORPG equals these things with other people and you know really it starts to break down when you start trying to apply it to things that only share some of these attributes but are clearly other thing you know anyway i just think it's really interesting as a discussion is, is there point anything that, that guild wars you know, could learn from this game you think from destiny um <sighs> Or take, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about it. Marketing. Yes, there's, there's one thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, I actually have one. I like this. This is, um, so there are basically there are three classes, and they're effectively the three armor classes from Guild Wars. You know, light, medium, heavy. And you know, light is all mostly robes and cloth. Medium is like half cloth, half metal, and heavy is mostly metal with a little bit of cloth. And so within that, they're just sort of each each class is effectively two different classes that are put into an archetype. So there's like heavy has sort of a defense and an offense class, if you will, and medium has you know a melee and a ranged sort of rogue type class. And so your armor is not class specific in that sense; it's your weight specific. But there are also weight specific item slots that are purely cosmetic. So medium gets um, hoods and capes. And it doesn't do anything other than just being purely cosmetic, but there's a whole bunch of really cool, like, hoods and capes. And they're a really good identifier that you're looking at a medium-armored character from a long distance away. And Which is um, really important with the I don't remember what the silhouette. Right. But it's also just cool for customization, because there's no, there's no stat involvement. It's just like, mm-hmm. what cool hood or cloak do I want? And the way that... And then the other 
so each each type has a different one, and I don't remember exactly what the light and heavy are because I'm I've been playing a medium class. But I think that was a really cool idea. And then they also integrate that into your faction rep grinding, where you have you put on the class specific item from the um cla- uh, faction, and then any reputation you gain goes to that faction because you are effectively representing them. So it's kind of a cool, like, fluffy way to visually show who you're earning points for. And so you do anything that gets you reputation, but you gain reputation for whoever you're repping. So I think that's kind of a cool mechanic. Not that there's rep grinds in Guild Wars 2, but, like, in Guild Wars 1, when you earned Norn or Asura or um, Ebon Vanguard reputation, like, the idea that you could equip, you know, an Ebon Vanguard cloak that did nothing to your stats, but you know, said you're part of the Evan Vanguard. And so, you know, I, I think that's a really cool idea. A, Is it? All the way back to Wrath, actually. Yeah, well, Have it's a good pokes. idea. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it's not uh, unique to Destiny. But I did, but the, the takeaway is I really like class-specific cosmetic items. Like, I would love to have a cosmetic slot for Necromancers that was Necromancer-y. And, and you know, they same thing for every other class. they tried to do that with, like, the the character creation cosmetic stuff, but, like, that became so irrelevant later on. That's just, yeah. Eh. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you needed, you need to use, you know, transmutation <laughs> stones and or charges to make that stick. Or are you talking about just general class just character general, creation? Not um, like, like oh. the idea of professions having their own cosmetic thing, which is completely out the window yeah. because now you can just unlock it and put it on whoever. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I've been having fun. It's not, like, the most amazing thing in the universe like many of the people that were hyped would lead you to believe, but I wasn't expecting it to be. I was expecting it to be a game that played sort of like Halo and Borderlands mixed together, and it plays kind of like Halo and Borderlands mixed together. So, you know, mission accomplished. I've been playing a lot of the PvP. It's like Halo... God, what was the one that had... uh... Where they started introducing sort of the like class or the the powers that you started with, like the overshield or the uh, that were like based on your character, not that you picked up. No, four. Reach. Oh, one of yes. Yeah, it was Reach. It was my wife. My wife chimed in with that, so thank you, wife. Um, <laughs> so it feels kind of like that, where you know you're you're doing a first person shooter, but then you've got this really cool ability that you can you know that you can use. And that really sort of changes the dynamic of how fights go down, because when you have those abilities up, like, they're really powerful. Um, so anyway, it's a lot of fun. I've been playing that a lot this week, like, four or five that, hours a day every not day. a lot. It's a lot when you're working. <laughs> no sarcasm, that is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> um, Anybody well, else trade com- arcade? Something completely different from yesterday, I've been playing Warframe, and... Um, that was a bit of more sarcasm for you. Uh, the biggest thing I take away from Warframe is just how ridiculously involved and transparent the devs are, which is like literally the reason why I love the game so much. Because I have communicated directly with the devs on so many occasions over the years that I've played it. And I really, really wish that Anet would take a page from their book. Is that... um? Like I obviously I ideally like that too. Sorry, my voice is going again. Is that uh feasible? Would uh concern it like 
Is the number of devs to players in Warframe Warframe uh, is consistently like more conducive to doing this in players for on Steam. It is the most downloaded free to play game on Steam under like Dota or something like that. And that's just on Steam. They're also available outside of it. And there's literally a player in every single country for Warframe. So there's that as well. I mean I think yeah, I think it's largely company policy. I mean, we've it's said, we've seen, policy. we, Aina used to talk to us a lot more on the subreddit, on their forums, on everything. And, you know, like I said, in response to the party, and also even in Colin's own post on the forums, like company policy prevents us from talking about anything, basically, other than what's already out or what's coming out immediately. And it clearly didn't mm-hmm. used to be that way. And I feel like we're, really feeling the effects of it now in terms of community like dissatisfaction and distrust and confusion and and in, in contrast anyway. yeah. and where that leads and where that leads is you guys talking about your know, trade arcade and different games i don't not really playing another game and it makes me sad that you know my guildies and my buddies aren't playing guild wars because i don't have the time to invest into another mmo or another game so if guild wars maybe even guild wars even die if my guild dies i'll probably stop playing guild wars yeah and I mean, that goes back to that whole concept of in free-to-play, you know, that a company should make sure to not drive out their non-paying customers, because the non-paying customers are content for the paying customers. You know, the fact that you have people to play with, the fact that you have people to play against. Yep. You know, if your guild mm-hmm. goes away mm-hmm. in Guild Wars 2, then most people will go away with it, because they'll just say, I don't have anybody to play with anymore. And, you know, yeah, it's a cascading effect. Like, if all the free players leave, or as in all of the in the Guild Wars example, long-term players leave, then, you know, yeah. But, but anyway, back to Warframe. But a lot of players with feeding, not feeding cows, dancing for cows. Yeah. Did you have anything else you want to say about Warframe? Like how Warframe has handled something recently compared to Anet. At GamesCon, they revealed a completely new game type that's very reminiscent of Zone of the Enders <laughs> with uh, space combat. And... It was very obviously not finished, but they wanted to announce it. And this is something that we're probably not going to see in-game for months. Ain't it would never do that. Not anymore, anyway. No. So I guess that's it for Trader Arcade, unless Raven does have something, despite saying that I you think don't I'll play, go play I'll go play uh, Chrono Trigger on my, my DS. That's what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> yeah, Arcade. there you go. Oh, also, actually, a bunch of Twit Guild has also... This is relevant. A bunch of Twit Guild has also started playing Final Fantasy XIV because they're frustrated and looking to do something else and fill that. Sub, I would be you playing know. it, probably. Yeah, they're they're all doing free trials, so we'll see if that sticks. Oh, right. Twit Guild. Uh, influence. Influence sharing. Guilds. A lot of guilds are really happy about that because we got 200,000 experience from all of our disparate guilds that got unified. Or not experience. Uh, uh, influence. Did I say influence the first time? Whatever. 200,000 influence um, from all the people that were playing on not Jade Quarry. And that number would be so, so much higher if it was always shared because there's a lot of people that just don't rep twit because there was no, the only reason was for a chat and you could just get in team speak for that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's the the way that guilds used to be handled was has definitely been detrimental to our guild. And I'm really glad that it's fixed now. Um, but 
at this point it's starting to get starting to get a little bit too late as, as it stands as i said everybody's playing final fantasy 14 or destiny or <laughs> or uh terra or you know warframe or whatever so we i think it's time for cast cast spirit <sighs> Cast cast the podcast within the podcast, the cast of other podcasts, and the cast of style of cast of other podcasts. Wow, that was I don't know. I'm not enthusiastic that was half about it this time. Yeah. I I'm not enthusiastic about cast cast today, because I unfortunately have bad news. And that is that uh our longtime friend and someone who has helped the show in innumerable ways, as well as, you know, everyone in the community, uh Tillian from Dragon Season is leaving us. Uh, mostly due to personal reasons, he's put up a blog post, and I'll, I will link it in the show notes, but yeah, I can't really express uh, how grateful we are to him, so I don't know what to say. I don't I either. feel like if I say anything else, I'd be like eulogizing him. He's not hes not dying or anything. He's just He's got personal stuff to take care of. He's leaving the community for, for an, an unknown period of time. Period of time, yeah. I, I found out about it literally right. five minutes before yeah. the show started, and it's... I think Evie and I both found out at the same time and we're just reading it in silence, just going like, It's sad because wow. he did help. I mean, I'm very, I don't have much involvement in the community, but he's one of the people that I knew because he stood out and, you know, helped everyone, did all kinds of great things. So it's really sad to see him go and we wish him yeah. well. Yeah, wish you well and everything. I'm sending him one million yeah. hugs. Ex- expect so. shipments of Greek yogurt, Tillian. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's not for foreverzies. You know, hopefully he can get through his his uh challenges and you know can come back to us but if not it's been it's been a great ride man and on that note i think we're closing the podcast out not permanently just for this week just, yeah. just, Hold on. just this week Real morality turn 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 <laughs> oh we what have one is this the week? lesson that we should learn come up with it now Raven. um I was excited for this patch and I had low expectations and I'm still disappointed and I really wanted to be chipper and happy about this patch and I tried but I couldn't so I don't know what the lesson is. Um, on, on that note, uh, keep your expectations really, really low and then you'll be happy. I don't know. Maybe? Or something. Anyway, uh, with that, on a slightly somber note... We are signing out. We will be back next week. Our scheduling is a little bit up in the air, so who knows when it'll get recorded. But it will happen sometime within the next uh, 10 days. So, uh, Thanks for then, have a good time. That was another episode of Relics of War. If you'd like to get involved, you can find us on any social networking site such as Facebook, Twitter, Steam, and many more just by looking up Relics of War. That's Relics of O-R-R. Similarly, if you'd like to send us mail, you can send that to relicsoforr at gmail.com or go to our website, relicsofwar.com, where you can record right there on the front page using our WordPress widget to put on a headset and give us your feedback. Or if you feel more comfortable with it, you can go ahead and just record the audio and send it to us as an OGG or an MP3 file. If you'd like to join us in-game, send a whisper to Cole, C-O-E-H-L, and Nexi, A-N-E-K-S-I, C-Squirrel Run, that's a C, and then Squirrel, and then Run, or Spirit Face to get in contact with us or join the guild. Last, we always love the comments, so if you want to go to our main site and start commenting on some of the posts that we've got or join our forums, you can have fun with that. If you listen to us on iTunes, you can find our page on the market and just leave a comment or a rating that you feel that we deserve. We appreciate that. We'll read them on the show. 